This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at LeBanks, St Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. There are those who read instruction manuals, okay? And there are those who think they don't need to, all right? I don't know which camp you fall into. How many people read instruction manuals? How many think they don't need to? (laughs) Okay. How good are we at following instructions, okay? Are we one of those people that will always consult the manual, even if we think we're pretty sure we know what we're doing, we have a little look and see what's going on, or do we just discard the manual thinking, actually, I can do this. I did that once, thinking I could do it, and I put it back to front. The, um, <laughs> yeah, it was an Ikea cabinet, you know what it's like, and the wood chip was showing rather than the nice, smooth thing. Anyway, never mind, I've still got it. <laughs> but, yeah, sometimes we are people who go, yes, I'm going to read the manual, Sometimes we just don't think we need to. I wonder whether you're somebody who reads the small print when you're looking at a contract or signing something or when it says click to agree. Do you just click or do you go through and do you read what's in that policy? Do we just shut our eyes, hope for the best? Click. Yeah, it'll be all right. I'm not sure if any of you know this story about a school teacher in Georgia and she won $10,000 Um, from her insurance company just because she read the small print. Now, if this doesn't make you read the small print, nothing will, eh? Seven pages into the document, the company had written into the policy that if you've read this far, then you are one of the very few customers to review all of their policy documentation. And it said that she could have a go at claiming the $10,000 reward. So she did, and she got it. That's good, isn't it? Brilliant stuff. The company calls it, um, calls the contest, pays to read. Uh, It's an effort to reward those who read their policy documents from the beginning to the end. Good stuff. I used to do this as a teacher when I was teaching. Um, In my efforts to try and prepare my year seven tutees for their summer exams, because it was a bit stressful for them and they didn't really know what they were doing, bless them. And um, what I would do was I would give them a a little test and I was trying to get them to um, just be prepared for the exam, to read the question carefully, to take their time, to look over in the instructions and all of those things. So I used to give them a little test and I used to say, I want you to read through everything before you do anything. Okay, so at the top it said, read through everything before you do anything. And then at the very end of that test paper, um, it said, put your pencil down, wait in silence, you don't have to do the test. Okay, so once they'd read, they had to get to the bottom. Well, of course, so many of them didn't follow the instructions of reading through. So they'd be writing away and doing all this. Now, I just want want you to know, I wasn't a really harsh teacher, okay? It was fun instructions. It was things like, write your name and things like stand on your chair and stuff like that, okay? So you had all these students doing funny things and some who had bothered 
to read right to the end you just sat there waiting like this and then ev slowly they cottoned onto it um sometimes it's uh, what's the, the the phrase it's you ought to be cruel to be kind maybe yeah yeah i was i was going on that point <laughs> but i i did think that it made a good point not that you can't trust your teachers but um because <laughs> i think that's also what they got from that little exercise <laughs> but it was be prepared and take your time read the instructions and you know make sure you look at everything generally speaking an instruction manual guidelines whatever it is a small print it's all there to help us it's there to help us achieve what we want to achieve what we want the outcome to be it's there for a purpose it's there to benefit us it's not there to hinder us you know, there's not instructions manuals to waste our time. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that, but it's not. It's there to help us and aid us in whatever we're doing. And you know what? I sometimes think that it can be a little bit like that um, when it comes to prayer in the Bible. Because we've got a lot of advice in this book about the how-tos of prayer and what to do and how to do it. And uh, they're there because it will enable us to get deeper in our relationship with God. They're there to help us and strengthen our prayer life. It's to benefit us. And sometimes we perhaps ignore them, maybe just because, you know, we're busy or we just, uh, you know, don't even realise they're there sometimes or it's too much effort to have a look in it or whatever. I don't know. We might think we know better. I'm not sure. But this morning what I want us to do is just take a look at some of the stuff in the Bible that is about prayer. Okay, just the how-tos of what to do. And it might seem like, well, I know how to pray, but actually, sometimes, if you're anything like me, you want to go further, you want to go deeper, and you want to know more, and you want to know a little bit more how to change your prayer life and do things a little bit differently. And the Bible is full of good stuff, practical principles about prayer and how it can help us really get closer to God, because ultimately that's what we want, isn't it? Last week I was talking about why do we pray? Why? why do we pray and um, I was talking about the fact that we pray because actually what prayer is about is that it it helps us to get our to get to know ourselves better when we're in the presence of God and we're praying we get to know ourselves and prayer changes us prayer is not just about changing the things we're praying for it's about changing us it's about changing the way we see things our perspective on things so we pray because it changes us but we pray because we want to get to know God and we want to glorify God we want to put God first and we want to say, God, you're really, really important to me and I'm spending this time with you. And then we pray because we intercede. Intercede for others, intercede for circumstances and situations, to pray for things in our own life and what's going on. So it's really, really important. And I spoke about Paul and his writings and what he said was, first and foremost, St. Paul said, what I'm praying for, for all of you, is that you will know God better. That was the cry of Paul's heart that the people that he was praying for would know God better. And that's what I pray for all of us, that we will know God better. And to do that, I think we just need some pointers. Well, I do. I need some practical advice. So today, I just want to unpack a little bit. And there's so much I could say. There's so much we could all say on prayer. And there's so much the Bible's got to say. And I'm only pulling a few little bits out. Um, I'm not getting everything. But there's four things that I want to share about prayer. And... um, just what I think might help us a little bit, okay? So I guess today is a little bit more teachy than it is preachy. 
So prayer, I think what we need to do is be continual. And this ties in really well, Pam, with what you were saying. So if you've got your Bibles and you turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 for me. And um, this is something that I want to encourage us to do. To bring our Bibles to church. Okay? I don't know if you still bring your physical Bible. A lot of us have got electronic Bibles. And like, yeah. I don't always trust people on those. <laughs> Especially if they sit at the back. Um, I think it's really good to bring our Bibles to church. I'm just going to put that out there. Do you know why? Because if I get a bit boring, okay, if I'm like talking and it's a bit boring, you've got this to be able to look at, okay? Just a practical thing, because I know I can be a bit boring at times. And um, if I go on and, and you're like, oh, what's she talking about? Um, you could look in here and that would be really good. I, I don't mind that. So I'm going to say bring your Bibles. I think it's really important. We get to know God's word that way. So 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 15 to 18, it says this. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Pray without ceasing. I don't think prayer is supposed to just be every now and again. Pam, you were saying this before, it's really great. But actually, yes, we should have some extended times of prayer where we go and we set time aside and we pray. But actually, prayer should be all the time. It should just be part of our daily lives, that we're just communing with God all the time. But what exactly does it mean, praying without ceasing? I think we've got to place it in the context, because let's have a look for a minute. It tells us this, first of all, that we're not to repay evil with evil, that we're to do good to everyone, that we're to rejoice always and we're to give thanks in all circumstances. Wow, that's a pretty tall order. Anybody else struggle with that? Yes? Don't repay evil evil, do good to everyone, rejoice always, give thanks in all circumstances. Oh, that's difficult, isn't it? That's tricky. And so what I think might be happening here is that, you know, because we want to live like that, because that's the right way to live and, and we're instructed to do that, I think in order to be able to do that, we need to pray without ceasing. Okay? We need to be in communication with God. We need to be in God's presence. We need to hear from God and we need to talk to God if we're going to have a chance at living this life. Because I can't do that life on my own. No way. Okay, I haven't got it. I haven't got enough resolve in me to be able to give thanks in all circumstances, etc., etc. So, I think to be able to live that type of life, actually, we need not just our own strength, but we need God's strength. And prayer helps us to rely on God to live that type of life, to be able to live in that way. Okay, so I think it's prayer without ceasing because if we're going to live like that, we need to be praying. Okay, we need to be connected to God so he can give us strength. John Piper says this, that there is a spirit of dependence that should permeate all that we do. This is the very spirit and essence of prayer, dependence. It's like that's what it's about. It's about being dependent on God for all things, bringing God into the very centre of our lives so that we depend on him for everything because I can't do things in my own strength. I'm going to need God and I'm going to need God's help so we pray without ceasing. We have this dependence on God. I think it means that. I think it means make God the rock of our lives. 
making the firm foundation and depend upon him. So I think there's that, but I think there's obviously another element. And um, if we look in Romans 1, verse 9, we will see that Paul, the words that he uses for pray without ceasing, without ceasing, is the same word he uses in Romans 1, 9 in the Greek. And uh, it says this, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you. Okay? So he's saying, basically, to the Romans, um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm mentioning you all the time. I'm mentioning you without ceasing. It's that same word that he uses in both contexts. Now, of course, we know that Paul wouldn't be talking about the Romans 24-7 I mean, he's saying he's mentioning them without ceasing, but we know what that means. We, we know it doesn't mean that he's talking about them constantly, all of the time. It just basically means that he's talking about them often, whenever he could, whenever he had the opportunity, he was talking about the Romans. He was making mention to them. It didn't mean he was saying it all the time. And I think if that word is exactly the same that he used there in that context, the same in Thessalonians, what it means, what Paul is saying is, yeah, pray without, pray without ceasing might not mean that we're speaking out prayers all the 24-7. We can't. We work. We've got lives. We've got things that we're doing. But I think it means pray often. Keep prayer continually as part of your daily life. You know, Be mindful of God and be open to listening to him and hearing from his spirit. Don't give up. Even when we don't see an answer, even when we feel like it's a bit you know, not going anywhere, don't give up. Just keep doing it. Do it often. Peter Gregg, um, the 24-7 guy, says this. It's a lovely little catchy phrase about prayer. If you don't take anything away, take this. Keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. Keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up. Keep going with prayer. It doesn't always come naturally to do that. It doesn't come naturally always to pray. So it might be that we need to put in times in our day when we do pray. You know, we do have some structured time. We might say, yeah, in the morning, midday, in the evening, I might just pray at those points. It doesn't have to be half an hour, but it could just be a couple of minutes at your desk when you're driving to work. I don't know. But perhaps we do need to be a little bit more structured. You know, when you look at other religions, you know, you look at the religion of Islam, which prays five times a day, and we don't have that um, ritual and routine and and rules and I'm really thankful for the freedom that we have within our religion it's great but with that freedom what are we doing are we praying five times a day in that same way maybe not maybe we do have to think a little bit more wisely and say actually yeah I might put some structured times in so that I just make sure that I am praying often enough because if I rely on myself if I think I'll just do it I probably won't so maybe you have to be a little bit more mindful but Prayer should be a continual thing. We are continually communicating with God and listening to his spirit. It should also be about being devoted. Let's look at Colossians. I'm taking you on a magical, mystical tour around the Bible today. Colossians. And um, just to have a little look at this passage quickly, it says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, Pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Continue, continue steadfastly in prayer, 
being watchful in it with thanksgiving. The NIV says, devote yourself to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer. It's not an option, prayer. It's not for the selected few. Sometimes we think, oh yeah, prayer is for the ones that are really great at interceding. It's for them. It's not for me. But it's for all of us. And we're all asked to be devoted to it. It's not about leaving it up to other people. We'll miss out if we leave it up to other people. Prayer is about connecting with God. And in prayer, we get to know God better. And it changes us. Peter Gregg, again, uses this little passage to suggest three things. It's not just, he doesn't just say, keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. He says this as well. He encourages us to pray inwardly, upwardly, and outwardly. And many of you might do that. To remind yourselves when you're praying, to pray inwardly, in terms of our devotional life about us, and upwardly about God, and outwardly about other people. It's quite simple, isn't it? But he says from this passage, if we look in verse 2, it says, continue steadfastly in prayer. Be devoted in prayer to connect ourselves with God. As I was saying last week, you know, it really is in that place that we change and we grow and we develop in our relationship with God. We need to be with him. We need to be in his presence. Mark Battersea says, prayers are prophecies. Who we become is determined by how we pray. I think that's really powerful about who we are in Christ and what we become and what kind of Christian we become is, is the extent of how much time and what our prayer life is like. We pray inwardly. We connect with God about ourselves and we pray upwardly. We give thanks to God. It says watchful in it with thanksgiving, to worship, to adore, to praise and to give thanks to God to cultivate a prayer life of thankfulness. I wonder what our prayer life is dominated by. What do you pray most about? Because when we get to heaven and there's no more pain or sickness or suffering, we're not praying for anybody to know God. All of that is, you know, gone. What are you going to talk to God about? What do we, you know, if you took that out of your prayer life and you stopped praying for other people and circumstances and illnesses and things, what would your prayer life look like? Because sometimes it, we can end up defaulting to just praying for things and asking God. And actually, prayer needs to be about looking upward and adoring and worshipping and praising God and thanking him. And I think one of the best ways to cultivate um, thankfulness in our lives is to keep praying for the small things. I was challenged about this because I used to think... I know God is interested in every part of our lives, but I used to think, is he really interested in all the small things? You know, when there's like major things going on around the world, is he really interested in the small things? But what someone once said to me was this, that actually, if we keep praying in the small things, it does something in us. Because as we pray in the small things, we'll be thankful in the small things. So you hear the classic one, don't you, of people praying for parking space. Have you ever prayed for a parking space? I used to think, I, people used to say that to me, and I used to be like, that's ridiculous. I used to be, that's ridiculous. Why are you praying for parking space? That's, that was my attitude, because I used to think, why pray for parking space when there's somebody over in the other side of the world, like, absolutely in dire straits? You know, God's got more important things than finding parking space for me. I've changed my mind. <laughs> and um, because of this, because actually, when we pray for the little things, we're thankful for the little things. And so now when I pray for a parking space and I get one, it gives me an opportunity to thank God. 
And I think that's really important. I think that's the important thing, isn't it? That as we pray in the small things, we can be thankful. And I think prayer should really be about that as well. It's about inward, it's about upward. Um, and it's about outward as well. Pray inwardly, upwardly, outwardly. At the same time, it says in verse 3, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word, intercede for others, be outward thinking, think about other people. I spoke last week about the power that our prayers have to change circumstances, to change people's lives, to change things. You know, intercession is so, so important and we can pray and things can change. And even if we don't see things change, we can still trust that God in his providence is behind the scenes working in whatever the situation or circumstance is. So we be continual, we be devoted, we be authentic. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Now, I'm going to read it from the Message Bible, which is probably quite different to your versions. So you might just want to listen to this. But I love this, okay? It talks about praying with simplicity, okay? Matthew 6. And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role-play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace. The world is so full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. I love that. I think it's great. And I just don't think we can stress enough about how important it is for us to just be authentic before God, just be real. You know, sometimes we're so tempted to think everyone else has got it together and everyone else can is like super-duper prayer warrior and then there's us and um, people seem in a different league. But just because someone across the room you know, is raising their voice in prayer and shouting it out loud and, you know, it doesn't mean they're any closer to God. It doesn't mean their prayers are more pleasing to God. And on the flip side, the other person across the room who's really quiet and really meditative and, you know, really reflective in prayer and pretty silent doesn't mean that they've elevated themselves to the dizzy heights of monkhood. You know, sometimes we're so comparing ourselves and thinking that other people must be connected to God so much better than us and we should do it like that and oh I'm, I'm, I'm not that type of person we're all different aren't we we're all different and unique and thank the Lord that we are we're wired up differently and I think God really loves that I think that really pleases him he doesn't want the same prayers from us all he doesn't want the same prayer techniques he's creative, he's a creative God he created us differently I bet God today, well if I wasn't in church and I was a betting woman. Um, I bet God would just be in heaven this morning going, you know what? I really, really love listening to the liturgy in the Church of England. I love it. 
I bet he would be saying, you know, I love listening to the creeds that are being read in the Catholic Church. And I bet he'd be saying, I love the spontaneous prayers and praise in the Pentecostal Church. It's all different. It's okay. Because there's a big melting pot, isn't there, of differences, and that's fine. You know, when I was in Ghana many years ago, um, I went with a team out there and we were preaching at the Church of Pentecost. I don't know if any of you know the Church of Pentecost. And um, we were welcomed so brilliantly into that church and we were given the best seats in the house and it was fantastic. And we were a very young team. So none of us had been on a mission before. We didn't really know what to expect and we were welcomed into this church. And just walking into the church and sitting down was an experience alone because it was just so vibrant and it was so full of colour and just songs and everybody was just so excited and it was just so different you know the women looked amazing in their you know colors and headscarves and everything and we all looked pretty boring Um, but it was brilliant and I don't think anything could have prepared us for what we experienced because the people were just so full of enthusiasm and passion for God and they were singing and they were praying and they were praising and when the church Pentecost people pray boy they pray they like oh it's really out there and um, I remember at the end of the service we looked at each other and I don't think any of us had a dry eye in in the place we were just so moved moved by the presence of God but moved by their enthusiasm and experience as well it was great and I came away from that just blessed out my socks but you know when I was thinking about it God doesn't prefer that to my my style or what I do Um, he doesn't want me to be more like that Church of Pentecost, like the Ghanaians. He, he loves what they do and how they praise and how they pray and he loves the way I do it. We don't have to be the same. We're different. I can never be like that. I'm not that type of person. I wouldn't be able to dance around the aisles to give my offering like they did. I could introduce that, folks. <laughs> Fancied it. But they did, you know, and you had to all dance to the side. Well, I tell you, it's the most hilarious thing because Ghanaians can dance, okay? They can really dance well. We think our little side shuffle, you know, one leg is a good dance move. And trying to do that up to the offering, we looked so out of place. It was ridiculous. But anyway, um, there you go. But it was great, and it was a great experience. But, you know, God loves that. God loves what we do. I don't have to try and be any different to what I am. And I think when it comes to prayer, what we really need to remember is this. We just need to be ourselves. Just be you. That's what God wants. He doesn't want the person next sitting next to you like what well, he does, but he doesn't want you to be them. He just wants you to be you. You might really love being quiet and meditative and reflective. You might really love that. Put a candle on. That's it. You're away. And if that's you, do it. Some of you, that will make you go, oh my life, I can't think of anything worse than sitting in silence and being quiet and reflective. I want to be, you know, music on, dancing around the living room, swinging from the chandeliers, I don't know. Okay, whatever you want to do, do it. Find your style, find what you enjoy and connect with God. You know, it might be that you are really just all about being active. And when you're running and you're going for that jog, and and that might be a great time for you to pray. And take a Bible verse into your jogging session. Mull it over. I don't know. Yesterday I went for a walk. I just took a one verse from the Bible and mulled it over and over and over and over in my head. And you know what? It was a verse I knew very, very well. But something new came to me. Because it was, I was thinking on it. I was dwelling on it. 
do whatever suits you. Find what fits and do it because the enemy will want to get you away from it and he'll do whatever he can to stop you from doing those things. Be you, find a style, be honest, be real. I mean, you look at the Bible and you look at the Psalms, look at Job, so real with God, real in their struggles, real in their doubts, real in their difficulties. God is a safe place for us to bring everything that we are. And finally, and I know time is against us, but finally, be scriptural. Um, A couple of months ago, Marilyn and Polly, I think it was, shared about praying scripture over people and the importance of that and the power of that. I think that's so true. You know, without using the word of God in our prayer lives, we run the risk that our prayer lives will become repetitive and they'll just become the same. Do you ever feel like that? You're like, it's just, you're saying the same things. But when we use the word of God to enhance our prayer life, what we're doing is it's, it's, we're shifting. It's not just about our own concerns anymore. It's about God's purposes and we're praying God's purposes over people's lives and into situations. It refreshes our prayer life when we use scripture. The early church in Acts, for the early church prayed scripture. I was going to read it. I'm not going to read it all to you. But what they did was they just quoted scripture when, when they were um, praying. And I think that's so, so great that we can do the same thing, that we can use scripture. Take a verse, take a psalm, take a concept, whatever it is, and use it to start praying through it. I think it's really a great thing to do. Like I said, just take a little verse and dwell on it and use it to pray throughout the day. John Piper says that scripture either tells us something about God and if we're reading something about God then we can use it to praise him okay so this is how we can use the scriptures in prayer if we're reading something about God we can use it to praise him the scriptures tell us what God's done for us so if we're reading something about what God has done for us we can use it to thank God the scriptures tell us about what God expects so if we're reading something like that we can ask God to help us to fulfill that expectation And finally, the Bible might be telling us something that we failed to do. And if that's the case, we can use it for confession and repentance and bringing ourselves back to God. So whatever we're reading in the scriptures, we can use in our prayer life to enhance it, to get us closer to God. But we don't just use scripture to quote. But the Bible, using the word, is the best way to hear God speak to us. Prayer isn't just about us speaking all the time. It's about being quiet, stilling ourselves, to hear from God, to hear what he's saying. Eugene Peterson says, because we have learned language so early on in our lives, we have no memory of the process. I don't remember learning to speak. (laughs) Okay, it's quite a long time ago. So because it was so early on, we forget, we don't have any memory of that process. So we could be mistaken to think that we were the ones to learn how to speak, like it was our idea about speaking. But Peterson says this, however, the language is spoken into us. We learn language only as we are spoken to. We are plunged at birth into a sea of language. Then slowly, syllable by syllable, we acquire the capacity to answer. Mama, papa, bottle, blanket, yes, no. Not one of these words was a first word. All speech is answering speech. We were all spoken to before we spoke. We had to be spoken to. We had to be immersed in a language before then we could speak. Otherwise, we wouldn't have spoken without being immersed in it. And Timothy Keller says this, we speak only to the degree we are spoken to. And and if this is the case, we must recognise, he goes on to say, 
that our prayers should arise out of an immersion in the scriptures. We should plunge ourselves into the sea of God's language, the Bible. We should listen, study, think, reflect and ponder the scriptures until there is an answering response in our hearts and minds. It may be one of shame or of joy, confusion or of appeal, but that response to God's speech is then truly prayer and should be given to God. And I think that's a beautiful illustration there by Peterson about we speak because we're spoken to. It's important to be scriptural for so many reasons. I haven't got time to go into them all. But one of the main things is this, that when we learn the scriptures and we know the scriptures and we read the Bible, we know we get a better understanding of who God is, a better understanding of the nature of God. And we really need to know the nature of God because we really need to know him because our prayers will reflect how much we know God. And so I think, finally, as I was saying, we need to be scriptural as well. If we don't know God, then our prayer life isn't going to grow and develop in the way we probably want it to. So it's about getting to know who he is. And I think the best way to do that is to read his word. I'll invite the worship group to come back. And I want us to think about this. There's a lot there. And I found it so difficult to... I've been looking at prayer over these last few days and and journeying as we've journeyed with the 40 (coughs) praise and 40 days. There is so much on prayer. I'm learning so much more as I'm just diving into the scriptures and diving into what prayer is. And I've tried to put a few points together, but that's by no means an extensive list of things. But there's a few things there. And if one thing just helps, one thing from this morning, just go, yeah, I'm going to actually, I'm going to try that, or I'm going to do that, or I'm just going to alter that. I'm just going to be a little bit more creative with that, or whatever it is, then that will be great. Be continual. Pray without ceasing. Depend on God. Pray often. Be devoted. We pray inwardly, upwardly, outwardly for others. Be authentic. Keep it simple. Keep it real. Keep it up. Be you. Find your style and devote yourself to it. And be scriptural. Quote the scriptures. Read scripture. Pray scripture. Use it to inspire your prayer life. Pray it over your friends and your family. Get to know God through the scriptures because as we get to know God, then we can develop our prayer life even better. Father God, we thank you that you want and desire us more than we could ever want or desire you. And Lord, you want to see us and you want to hear from us because you delight in us. And you love us for who we are. We don't have to come to you with anything other than ourselves. You want us to be ourselves. You made us uniquely. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I thank you that it's in your presence that we're changed. It's in your presence that we get to know who you are and we get to see how we can be and how we can respond to the things that we find ourselves in. But I pray that you would take us deeper, each one of us, deeper into the things of you. We want more of you, Lord. We want to know you more. We want to see you. Would you inspire us thank you that for you as we said last week it's 
Just showing up matters. Just showing up. But Lord, we want to go further than just showing up. We want to be able to speak with you and hear from you. So Lord, I pray that you'd help us to continually be devoted, to be authentic, and to be scriptural, to look at your word, to read it, to digest it, to meditate on it, to reflect on it, to think and ponder it, take it into our day. May it come alive. May your word come alive to us. May it be like fresh bread to our bodies each day. There's not a moment that goes past that you are not wanting to reach out to us. Not a moment. God, give us time in our lives, space, to be able to hear you and to really know you more. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.